Welcome to Cars Yeah! Show number 220. This is Cars Yeah! Where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah! Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology with reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are solid copper for maximum conductivity, and there's a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS emergency strobe. It's easily rechargeable with a USB outlet, and you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. Today, I am so excited to introduce a very special guest, Mark Lejewski. Mark, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? The tank is filled and the map is thrown away and destination is set on fun. Okay. I love it. That's one of the best ones I've heard. Mark is the executive director of the Antique Automobile Club of America Museum, the AACA, in Hershey, Pennsylvania. He was previously the curator, restorer, and historian for the JWR Automobile Museum. Mark is also a veteran of the concourse circuits, having exhibited vehicles and judging at numerous venues across the country. He's the founding member of the Elegance of the Hershey Concour and serves on the board of directors and at the National Association of Automobile Museums and the Rolls-Royce Foundation. Mark's also been an ASE-certified master technician for over 25 years. Mark, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Please take a moment and share some more about your history, your business, your interests, and, of course, your passion for automobiles. Sure, Mark. I mean, I've been a, a car guy for all my life. Um, my license plate even says car geek on it. So, but, uh, you know, I, I think uh, it, it basically, my, my passion for cars starts before I was born. When my mother was about eight or nine months pregnant with me, uh, my uncle lost his license uh, driving too fast in an MGA, and my mother had to drive him to the state capital, uh, Albany, New York, uh, which at that time was about a six-hour drive down and you know, both ways. In an MGA. <laughs> in an MGA. So I, I think uh, her in, enlarged abdomen and, and my head must have been riding on the uh, <laughs> on the MGA steering wheel and, and, and certainly uh, affected me for, for, for years to come. That's cool. So, you know, basically, uh, I couldn't throw a ball to save my life growing up. Uh, I was not exactly what I would, what you would call athletic. I was always the kid take last in the gym. So, you know, I just naturally gravitated towards cars. My aunts and uncles always had cool cars, you know, and I say cool, I'm talking Corvettes and 442 pace cars and Austin Healy's and things like that. Uh, you know, my father 
always bought the Opals when they were coming out of Germany, and uh, we, you know, we we grew up on those cars, which were great little bulletproof cars, and uh, you know, so I just naturally gravitated towards those, as I said, cars, and been like I said, a car geek or car guy all my life. Well, I love it, and the fact that you're now in charge of a museum surrounding yourself with so many different cars, and of course you've been to so many different events throughout your years, I think it's fantastic, and it's really what Cars Yeah is all about, is you're the classic Cars Yeah guest. You figured out how to wrap your passion for cars into your vocation throughout your life, so I think that's fantastic. As we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote that has some meaning to them. It's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So, Mark, take the wheel. Sure. Well, probably the quote that I use most often is if somebody asks me how I'm doing, and my response is, every day is a good day. <laughs> and if you can say that and, and mean it, then even on the lousy days, continue to tell yourself that, that every day is a good day. It, it certainly helps you get through the day and gives the inspiration and just puts a smile on their face and puts a smile on my face. So every day is a good day. Well, and I believe you because when you called in today to do this show and I asked, how are you? That's exactly what you said to me. So you're following your mantra for sure. How have you incorporated that into the running of the museum? Can you maybe give us a couple examples of how important that is when you're the guy in charge of all these beautiful vehicles? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, you know, just because I'm the guy in charge does not mean I'm chained to the desk. Uh, you know, I try to get away from the desk and out of my office and just meander throughout the museum uh, several times a day. And, you know, I always go and, and speak with the staff members rather than reaching out to them with an email or, you know, an intercom. Uh, we have uh, here at the museum, we have close to 160 volunteers that help us throughout the year. And I make sure when I'm walking around, I talk to each one of them, uh, ask them you know, how their day is, how's life, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, you know, it's, it's when, when we are talking and they ask me how I'm doing, every day is a good day. And, you know, that gives them a good feeling because if the guy on top is grumpy, then it just trickles down there. <laughs> oh, so. boy, doesn't it so... You know, I heard very similar things from two other guests I've had on the show that, actually three other guests I've had on the, uh, on the show that run museums, from the LeMay Museum to the Peterson to the Blackhawk, and they all had very similar things to say. All these people that help at the museum and give of their time, uh, as well as the staff that you have there, keeping them motivated and excited is, is really important, like it is in any business. So you talked about being in the womb, if you will, and, and, and being in that MG, but is there a a moment in time, a pivotal moment in your life that really instigated your passion for cars, that moment that you really knew you were a car guy? Well, sure. You know, growing up uh, in, in sort of the country in, in upstate New York, uh, I was very fortunate to have a an old-timer that had a one, a, a one-man body shop next door. And, uh, you know, it was just amazing. The more pedestrian cars that came through there, but every once in a while you'd see a Rolls Royce or a Ferrari underneath the cover. And I really enjoyed hanging out with him and, uh, and, and learning from him. But one of my greatest inspirations was, as I said, growing up in, in the, in the Adirondacks in New York, in Lake George was a, uh, an older collector, one of the older collectors, uh, by the name of Charlie Wood, who, uh, was a successful business uh, businessman and entrepreneur 
he had uh, several uh, amusement parks and everything in that area. And one of, in one of his uh, amusement parks, which was called Gaslight Village, he had a collection of cars called Cavalcade of Cars. And he focused more on the movie cars and celebrity cars. So he had the, the flying Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. And, oh, cool. You know, he had Gable's uh, going Mercedes and, you know, one of the, the original Mannix customized cars. I believe it was a Tornado, if I'm not mistaken. Uh-huh. And a lot of presidential limousines and, you know, George Barris stuff and, you know, all sorts of really cool stuff. And I wow. used to go there all the time as a kid. And, you know, the cars were basically just in a museum and uh you know you could tell that uh I mean, one of the cars that really stands out was he had Greta Garbo's Duesenberg mm. at that time but you could see that the paint was starting to flake off and it had some dents and you know some of the cars were not really in the best of uh, of shape although they were still very cool mm-hmm. and I always said to myself as a kid you know this is one of these days I just want to be able to work on cars like that and get them up and running and give them the you know the proper treatment they deserve <laughs> that, was de- that was definitely a, an, an inspirational moment for me. What fun to be around all those vehicles when you're a kid. Uh, again, many of my guests have talked about their first trip to a museum or to a racetrack or somewhere where they got to be around more than just one vehicle and the kind of impression that that made on them. I remember the first time I took my son to the Pebble Beach Concours. He was only eight years old, and his head was spinning in circles, you know, going, oh, my, where do I look? <laughs> you know, there's just too much to see. So. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and, and, and even when I went, you know, after after years of going to Pebble Beach, my head still does that, and I still, you know, <laughs> snap my neck all the time looking at everything. Yes, yeah, it's fantastic. And, of course, as we're recording this, Amelia Island's coming up this weekend, so there's another great event my goodness yeah these car shows are just fantastic for not only enthusiasts but for young kids who will become enthusiasts mark what i'd love to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and crawl under the hood as i say and get our hands a little dirty and ask you to share a huge challenge or a great failure that you face in your career some time along the way the most important part of this has to do with how you overcame it and of course what did you learn from it well when you read my bio uh it was indicated that I was the uh, the curator and historian and restorer for JWR Museum. JWR was actually Jack Rich, who was a, a well-known uh, car collector for, for a number of years here in uh, eastern Pennsylvania. I was very fortunate to work with Jack. Uh, he was an older gentleman who uh, amassed his fortune in, in other things, in, in coal mining and other entrepreneurial businesses. And the two of us were, we, we had a fantastic relationship. It was never an employee-employer relationship. It was basically two people that really shared the passion of, of cars and uh, you know had some had some common goals. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know we we, we had a, a a relationship where we could yell and scream at each other and you know disagree and everything like that. But at the end of the day, we'd still walk away as friends. And Jack, uh, you know, was was a very successful businessman, as you know you can imagine. I mean, we had uh, I think uh, you know we when I first started it, we, we had 46 cars, and then we we really uh, ranked it up and built three editions and ended up with. Uh, with well over 80 cars. Um, wow. Unfortunately, he and in his in his 80s, he uh, suffered some heart conditions and passed away, and really had made no provisions for the uh, the future of the cars. Mm. Um, and not only uh, you know not knowing what was going to happen to my position, but losing one of 
my dearest friends and possibly mentors that I have ever known really, really took me back and Mm -hmm. uh, really wasn't sure what was going on, what I wanted to do. You know, it was almost to the point where, you know, I I wasn't even sure I even wanted to play with cars anymore. So it was was really, really devastating uh, losing him. I mean, it was it was just a you know almost a reminder of losing my father years ago and uh you know luckily through working with with jack uh, you know we had had a great relationship with the museum down here at hershey uh you know loaning cars and helping with their displays and i knew a number of the people on the board and mm-hmm. and people you know in the aaca club itself and uh you know as luck would have it uh, this position opened up and uh, so it was just a great natural progression for me so oh absolutely well the takeaway i get from that is a couple things but one is to always have your affairs in order and be prepared for the what-ifs, if you will, because uh, not having provisions lined up for those vehicles or a plan in place if something tragic happened like it did uh, is so important, not only in our own personal lives, but also in our businesses or in our collections for many cases. And sure. And the same if you're employed by somebody is always have something else maybe lurking out there or thinking about something out there because things can happen. Things certainly do change. And all of a sudden, you never know where you're going to end up. But I'm so happy you landed where you did. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum and share a story with us when you had one of those aha moments in your career. One of those times when you came up with an idea or a thought and you went, you know what, this is really going to make it. And tell us the steps that you took to turn your aha moment into your success. Sure. Well, you know, uh, for years, as 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 you mentioned, I, I worked in automobile dealerships and uh, you know worked my way up through the through them in the in the uh, the service area of that from uh, you know from technician to shop foreman and service manager or whatever you know and but I always had a passion for for vintage cars and of course you know talking about Charlie Woods cavalcade of cars and things like that you know I, I, I of course stumbled across uh, Jack Rich's collection but I think the aha moment was even before that, was that there were great cars out there and that people actually paid you to work on them. You know, <laughs> the, the, the fact, when, I, when I first found that out, it was like, holy cow, you know, here I am changing oil on, on Dodge Omnis and, and things like that, which was, you know, hey, you put food on the table, but people are going to pay me to work on their Delahays and Duesenbergs and Ferraris <laughs> and stuff like that. Like, holy cow, you know? You know yep. It's like, you know, where was my high school guidance counselor back then? You know? <laughs> yeah, he was out to lunch. <laughs> Oh yeah. Well, it is fantastic when you can when you realize you can do something that you really love and you can make a living at it. I mean, it's the combination of two of the greatest things. Yeah. How about proudest moments in your career? I would assume you've had a great many, but is there one in particular that really stands out for you? You know when yeah, um and 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 you know so not that I'm uh, I like to brag or anything like that, but uh, yeah, I mean it's it's uh, working with cars, you know, every, every every day is a good day and every every moment is a proud moment. One of the very first days after I started working for Jack Rich, we flew out uh on a private plane, which was a new experience for me, and uh looked at a uh, a 48 Fagoni and Falowski body Delahaye 135 and Ooh. it was it was it was in drivable condition but it was it needed restoration. Well, we ended up buying that car, and then 
a couple years later started working on the restoration and between myself and the two other fellows that that worked alongside me at, at Jack's collection you know it was basically three guys uh you know really had never played around with a Delahaye or anything like that before we restored this car took this car to to Pebble Beach in in the post war class and ended up getting second against some of the really great cars wow. out there wow congratulations uh, yeah thank you and uh, so that was just such a, an amazing moment. You know, we had shown cars there several years before that, but something that, you know, putting ourselves together and taking that car apart bit by bit, and it was really just a, a huge emotional moment for for us. And uh, I'll bet. Uh, one, one of my greatest memories. Oh, sounds fantastic. Wonderful. Yeah, I, I cannot imagine getting to Pebble Beach. I mean, just getting there is one thing. That, that's a victory, huge victory. And then getting up on the podium is fantastic. I had a good friend, Bill, who timing was perfect. He had a Porsche Carrera that he had restored, and it was the year they actually let those cars on the lawn because they're post-war cars and they're production cars, and he did the same thing. He ended up with a second place, and it was just a magical day in so many ways. He let the guy who restored the car drive the car over the podium, uh, which was even more special, I think. Let's have a little bit of fun here. What was your first really special car? And if you could share a memory you had with that vehicle. Sure. You know, I I think, and and probably, you know, maybe everybody you've asked this or whatever like that, usually everybody's first special car is their first car. In many cases, yes. (laughs) And when I talk to rotary groups and other non-automotive people, you know, that may or may not be a bunch of gearheads and stuff like that, that's the first question I op- I ask as, a, as an icebreaker is, who remembers their first car? Yeah. Everybody remembers your first car. Everybody that you smile. It could have been the biggest piece of junk, mm-hmm. but everybody smiles and, and reminisces about that. Uh, yeah. You know, the, your first car was the one that gave you freedom, you know, to get out of the house, to go with your buddies or, or whatever, to go somewhere. It gave you ability to date, uh, to get a job, uh, just, you know, feel the uh, the wind in your hair, so to speak. So, uh, and my first car was it was an Opal Manta that uh, oh, wow. one, of my, uh, one of my uncles had given me. And, uh, you know, they were they were great cars. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I loved that car dearly. And it had passed from my uncle to me and then from myself to my brother and then from my brother to my cousin. So it was, you know, it was a really, really fantastic car. And it's probably some of the greatest memories I've had in that car. Can you share maybe one memory you can think of that really stands out? Well, I mean, I had so much fun with that car. Um, you know, I, I think just being able to go out and drive, uh, you know, they, they were, you know, the, the Opals didn't have a lot of power. They were a, a cam-in head engine, and uh, I think for probably here for the states, they were detuned with like a 7.6 to 1 compression ratio. So they didn't have a lot of power, but they had a great chassis and great handling. Mm-hmm. So much so, I believe uh, SCCA uh, outlawed them from uh, from showroom stock racing. But uh, you know, growing up in the Adirondacks with all the twisty roads, it was funny that uh, you could keep up with. Uh, some of the fastest cars out there on, on the back roads. And, of course, you know, when you go to a straightaway, you just get blown away. But it was just, <laughs> you know, just, just so much fun. Yeah, yeah. I had a good friend in college who had an Opel GT. Yep. And, uh, yeah, really unique car. You didn't see those around ever. And this would be in the late 70s. And I just remember the kind of interesting headlights that kind of flipped 
open from side to side instead of front yep. to back. You know, they kind Absolutely. of they kind yep. of flopped over like a fish. And yeah. uh, had a nice little engine that he'd modified. And he used to we used to commute out to college together. And I always loved it the days that he drove because it just sounded so cool. So fun little cars, absolutely. Yep. How about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle you've owned that you let go that you really wish you could have back in the garage? Yeah, I mean, years ago, I bought a, uh, a Ferrari 3, 308 GT4, one of the really early uh, Bertone-bodied cars that really never, up until recent times, um, uh, had had much of a following. Uh, you know, it wasn't in the best condition. Uh, matter of fact, it was a fairly uh, a fairly ratty Ferrari. Spent a lot of time working on it, and uh, ended up selling that to uh, build a new garage or help fund that. Um, nowadays, seeing the prices that some of these uh, beat up Ferraris go for, I should have just poured a bunch of dirt on it and and, <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, pigeon guano and something like that, and probably got uh, a heck of a lot more money for it. But it would still be great to have that car back. Yeah, you know, I had the pleasure of spending a day with Adam West, the original Batman, the classic Batman, as he calls himself. And when he started making a little bit of money from the Batman TV series, that was the first fancy car he bought was that model Ferrari. And driving that up on Mulholland Drive and, uh, you know, enjoying it, he just said, was just such a joy listening listening to that car and yeah they were kind of the forgotten Ferrari for a while along with some other models but I I love the design I think the especially the silhouette of the cars is really beautiful yeah absolutely yeah great cars how about current projects is there something you're working on right now maybe at the museum that really has you excited and fired up well my my big current project is my wife and I currently live 60 miles north of the museum, so I commute 120 miles a day. Wow. A few months ago, my wife and I stumbled across this uh, mid-century modern house that was actually built for the, uh, the local doctor who was credited with inventing the contact lens. Great house, a lot of provenance, but it was pretty much a, a wreck. It had been sitting there like for a number of years. So mm-hmm. my wife and I purchased that, and that is our current project. You know, it's, it's uh, definitely going to be a labor of love. And, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll certainly be a party house, and I'm sure when uh, when the elegance is, is here in June and the, uh, the the fall AACA meet in October, it'll be uh, it'll be a party house. So, um, as far as as far as personal projects goes, that is. Uh, is certainly what's uh, going on in my life right now. Museum projects, we always have a number of oars in the water. I mean, uh, I'm working on educational projects with a local college. Uh, you know, we're always doing some kind of uh, fundraising. Uh, we just received this really cool uh, stretch station wagon that the Milton Hershey School had ordered a number of those uh, back in the 60s. And so we're, we're going to be... Uh, uh, raising money to refurnish that. Uh, we are very fortunate to work hand in hand with Pennsylvania College of Technology in Williamsport that has a restoration course. Uh, and we certainly uh, help the student by giving them projects and things like that to work on. So they just finished a, a gorgeous uh, 70 Chevelle uh, LS6 car for us after three years. And it's, it's a stunning car. But uh, nice. yeah, the museum always has numerous projects going on fantastic i love your home project too they just had a a really fun annual event in palm springs with mid-century modern homes Yep. another guest here on cars yeah donald osborne who's uh famous out there in the collector car market absolutely Uh, yeah had some great pictures posted of these he brought his lancia 
uh, around to a lot of these homes and park, parked it in front of them and took these cool pictures of these modern homes. Yeah. And so, yeah, I uh, can't wait to see. Yeah, Palm, Palm Springs is, is a mid-century modern mecca, I guess. Yes, so. absolutely. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, Mark. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? Well, you know, I, I would like to think of myself as some uh, swooping Delahaye or a, <laughs> a debonair, you know, DB5 or something like that. When it gets right down to it, more than likely, I'm probably just a small, dependable 2CV chugging away, <laughs> do it, you know, just uh, the little engine that could, I guess. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's why I like to ask this question. It it uh, I love it when people answer honestly. Yeah, we'd all love to be the sexy Italian sports car or the F1 car, but uh, what we really are is sometimes a little different than that. So, and you, that's the first one I've heard that answer. So that's a cool one. Okay. Up next is the last lap, but before we put the pedal to the metal, here's a little something for the Cars Yeah listeners. Carpe Viem, seize the road. It's the motto at CarpeGear.com, where you'll find the Little Red Racing Car, an award-winning book written and illustrated by passionate car guy Dwight Knowlton. It's a spectacular way to introduce children to the love of cars. It's an international award winner, and Yahoo Autos calls it the best kid's book ever. Plus, it's printed in the USA. I may be an adult, but this kid loves the Little Red Racing Car. Dwight is finishing a second book in collaboration with Sir Sterling Moss, about the story of his record-breaking win of the 1955 Mille Miglia. Check out Dwight's Carpe Viem brand, where you can find his books, shirts, and more that embrace his seize-the-road philosophy. Enjoy Carpe Viem at carpegear.com, and be sure to sign up for his newsletter while you're there. That's carpegear.com, C-A-R-P-E, gear.com. All right, Mark, we're back and we're entering the last lap, and this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions. And I'd love for you to give our listeners some real quick blips of the throttle answers. So are you ready? Yep, sure. What is the best automotive advice you've ever received? Nobody is an expert at everything, and usually the person that knows the car the best is the person that restored it. (laughs) Yes, for sure. Who's gotten his hands deep into the bowels of that vehicle. Absolutely. Could you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your successes? Sure. I mean, I don't like to focus on my past accomplishments. I'm always driving uh, to do more, have a desire to do more. And uh, I think, you know, uh, I become obsessive with whatever I'm I'm up against, uh, whatever I'm working on, whatever project, and uh, I'm just uh, sort of tenacious about that. Oh, tenacity, perseverance, and... uh... That heads-up mentality, always looking down the road, uh, serves all entrepreneurs very well, for sure, and everybody in life, I think. Do you have a resource that you'd like to share with our listeners that you think that they'd be really interested in? I know there are a ton of them out there, but maybe one in particular that stands out for you. Uh, You know, and you're right. There are a ton. I mean, my mind is that I, I, I soak up automotive stuff like a sponge, so I am constantly... You know, whether it's on the Jalopnik or, or any of the other uh, websites out there, um, you know, I, 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 you know, sports car market is always a great resource. Uh, there's just there's, there's just so many of them. Um, I really love the uh, the prewarcar.com web blog. It's probably one of my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Well, we had Keith Martin on the show not too long ago from Sports Car Market. I'd love to get the founder of Jalopnik on the show. I'm working on that. But yes, there are so many out there, and that's why I asked the question, because 
listeners can come to Cars Yeah, check out your show notes page and find all these links and resources and find something new, hopefully. And that's a new one to me. So I think that's great. How about books? Is there one book in particular you think the Cars Yeah listeners would really enjoy? Well, I think uh, I mean, from, from a historical and, and, and uh, uh, just a, uh, a very great informative book is the, uh, the Bugatti Queen. Oh, one of my one of my favorites. Listeners, you can find links to all these resources at carsyad.com slash Mark Lezewski. And Mark's last name is L-I-Z-E-W-S-K-I-E. Do you have any interesting hobbies outside of your passion for cars, Mark? Uh, sure. I mean, well, I said probably 90% of his cars. But as, as I mentioned before, I love the, uh, the mid-century modern and alternative architecture mm-hmm. design of, of you know, that era. Uh, I love gourmet cooking and and fine wine. So I, I have a I have a varied amount of interest, but uh, most of it is sort of focused on automobiles, of course. Now, this house you're going to restore, I have to ask you. A lot of those homes did not have, didn't even have garages. They had carports. Is your house going to have a garage? Well, it 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 has a two car carport. And it actually has a huge indoor pool, which I am going to fill in in the most appropriate way and turn it into a garage. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Great use for that pool. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I love it. All right, Mark, we're up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a real doozy for some listeners, some guests. If you could have only one collector car in your garage, but money's no object, don't worry about the cost today because I'm writing the check. What would that one vehicle be, and why? Sure. Well, you know, I, I thought about this a little bit, and uh, the answer came to me almost immediately. Because, let, let me back up a little bit. I think you know, uh, an ideal car would be something that you could take to any Concorde, uh, do a lot of things like the Colorado Grand, the Mail Amelia, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but that being said, I am certainly thinking outside the box, and probably one of my cars, or the, or the car that I would want forever would be a Citroen SM. Oh, wow. When they came out, uh, they were the most futuristic thing, I mean, and, and still today, it is a time machine. It is a technological tour de force, and in some case, uh, a nightmare to some, but, uh, you know, there is nothing like it on the highway, and I don't think anything has been created, uh, anything like it ever since. The SM is the one with the Maserati engine? That is correct, yeah. Yes. And, of course, it has all those funky Citron corks in there with the leveling suspensions and... You know, it doesn't have that brake pedal. Uh, it just has that little escorgal ball on the floor. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's just a, a, a wacky car, but it's got a great Robert Oprah design and, uh, you know, really a fantastic Grand Tourer. Well, great choice. You're the first one to choose that vehicle here on Cars, yeah, and I think that's great. And very early on, I had Kinji Yoshino on the show, and he runs a uh, parts business for Citrons out of uh, Seattle area up here. He's a friend of mine. He worked with me for many years, and he taught me about Citrons and gave me my first ride in a Citron. And up till then, I hadn't paid a lot of attention to those cars and really unique, amazing, amazing cars ahead of their time in so many ways back when they came out. And it, my my description when I tell people what the ride was like was like floating on a cloud. 
Absolutely, yeah. I mean, you know, if, if if you were to ask anybody, you know, what would Salvador Dali drive? I mean, you know, even though he drove <laughs> yes. Cadillacs, but I mean, you know, they, they are just so wacky and out and thinking outside the box. You know, I wonder if Frank Lloyd Wright ever had a Citroen because he was into cars and, uh, you know, unique cars and things. But do you know whether he ever had a Citroen? I, you know, I don't know. I know he had some uh, some customized Lincoln Continentals and mm-hmm. and some other cars. I think he painted every car uh, he owned a, a certain shade of red, whether yes. it was Taliesin red or something like that. But yeah. uh, uh, I'm not sure if he had one or not. Yeah, I'll have to look into that. And what's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and the museum? Well, sure. I mean, our our, our website www.aacamuseum.org is probably the best thing, and that, and that really showcases all of our uh, upcoming events and, and, and past exhibits and uh, what we're doing with the community and, and, the, and the car hobby in general. And, of course, we're on Facebook and Twitter and all the great social media as well. Well, listeners, again, you find links to everything here we've talked about at carsyad.com. Just put Mark into the search box. And his show notes page will pop right up and you can find links to everything. I encourage you to visit the museum if you're ever in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Fantastic place. Visit the website before you go and uh, let Mark know you're coming. I'm sure he'll take great care of you. Thank you, Mark, for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with the Cars Yeah listeners and me. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you. Uh, It's a real pleasure. And uh, like I said, as always, I just love talking cars. Absolutely. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!